0: That's a clown question, bro. Hi, Mr. a Japanese! So I'm going to kick some dirt. He gets on base. Just a bit outside. I'm not the type of player that's going to be Johnny Hustle. And if you don't want me to watch the ball, you can go get it out of the ocean. And welcome to the show to be named later, where we're talking baseball kind of whenever. I am your host, Chris Gianta. The other voice on the podcast is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel?
1: Chris, I am doing great. We had some... Great games. We had some sort of anticlimactic performances in the clutch, but that's yes. okay. We'll get into that. And we got. I'm very, very excited for the series that we got coming up in the division series. Literally, the division series.
0: Yeah, it is weird. I, you know, I know that there were eight playoff series, but I feel like the real playoffs, like the real matchups that we wanted to see, are happening now. In, now. Like Reds Braves, we were very excited about, and they put up some pretty good games, especially Game One, uh, pure pitchers duel. But you know, you got four interdivisional matchups. It's pretty insane, and they go five games. So you know, nothing's gonna end Abru- immediately, very
1: abruptly like that.
0: Yeah, you know, it's not gonna be two games and you're out. You're gonna have to win three, and sweeping sweeping in three games is a lot harder than sweeping in two games, obviously. So that'll be, that'll be very fun. That's right. So, um, I mean, I guess we could start by talking about um, maybe the most disappointing team performance uh, of the, uh, of the playoffs and maybe the most disappointing team performance in the playoffs that we've seen in a, in a, in a very long time. I, I feel at least in the way that they lost.
1: Yeah. The Minnesota twins, this is a team that we both had twins in two without even, like, a discussion. like this. Yeah, like, it wasn't you know, a doubt were, in my mind. They were playing a 29-31 and 31 in the regular season team. There was no reason they should have lost, be, and, I mean, especially in the way that they did it. I mean, two runs overall in the whole series, that cannot yeah. happen. Um, the ninth inning of game one when you have, first of all, Sergio Romo being out there, already a questionable, questionable move. Obviously, his stuff was moving pretty well, but he had a six three two ERA, I believe it was, over his previous thirteen appearances before that. And you had Matt Whistler sitting in the bullpen with a one oh five ERA, and then you have Jorge Polanco making that bad throw to Luis Arias that would have gotten them out of the inning. Uh, only uh, it's still tied. Uh, that can't happen. The Twins just on all fronts were terrible.
0: Yeah, they were absolutely awful. Um, you know they. They could barely score against a, you know, it's Zach Ranke, Zach Ranky, but also he came in, he came into that. He was one of my slightly alarming statistics in his previous seven starts had a five, seven, three ERA and the twins are known for their offense and they couldn't muster anything together against him or Framber Valdez, who is a guy that doesn't have a lot of experience. And, you know, Valdez is someone you should score at least one run off of in five innings. Um, we're unable to do that. Uh, and you know, a, a suggestion that I made the next two times that they should be suspended from playoff play. And by that, I mean, the next two times that they have a good enough record to get in the playoffs, they should not be allowed in. Uh, they've, they have, uh, they should have their playoff pri- privileges re- revoked and until they've, uh, Learn from their mistakes. You know their actions have like, a lot of consequences. You mean like
1: all eighteen of their mistakes that they've made the last eighteen times they've yes. played in the playoffs? Okay, just 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 so we're clear. Yeah, the Twins have lost eighteen straight postseason games. I believe that is a record over uh, of all time over the four professional sports, the four major sports.
0: Yeah, it's it's insane. Uh, and it was, and you know, you couldn't even pull out the Yankees thing either. It no, it wasn't against the Yankees this time. It was against a 29-31 and Astros team that didn't have Justin Verlander and also a team that uh, they were significantly worse offensively this season. Um, There is such a
1: strange decline.
0: Yeah, a weird year um, for the Astros, but they had an offensive decline. Bregman, uh, Correa, Springer. Altuve, specifically. Altuve, definitely. All, you know, declined a little bit. You know, a team – you figure a team – that's the core from your 2017 team and uh, they were unable to, uh, to produce this year. It was weird. Michael Brantley did pretty well, but uh, everyone else? Yeah no. not great.
1: strange, awfully strange And what they happened?
0: and the twins lost against this team.
1: In, I, they didn't, it wasn't even competitive. Yeah. I mean I guess game one was competitive until the ninth. you know it was a 1-1 game. Kent Maeda to all his, give him I'll give him all the credit. He, he went out there and shoved. I believe he went five shutout innings in game one. Uh, so, I mean, he did a very good job. Barrios started in game two. He did pretty well uh, in that game as well. I think most of those runs were also in the ninth inning. Uh, let me just check, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. I mean, the twins starting pitching, I mean, that wasn't the problem. It was just, they, they couldn't, you know, get timely hits. They couldn't, the bullpen wasn't being effective. I mean, they just, they just folded in every way possible in that series.
0: Yeah, it's, uh. It was very disappointing i thought this was the year that the twins are, are finally gonna win a playoff series we were we made fun of we made fun of the twins because we thought they were going to face the yankees and we were like it sucks that you know they're going to lose they're going to get swept by the yankees and it won't be even close and then like when they when it turned out they were facing the astros we were pretty excited about it we yeah were, we were, were
1: thinking hey they, if they get the yankees it'll be in the alcs so they'll get past the first two rounds no, they didn't win a single game, actually. And Jose Barrios, uh, he went five innings in one earned run. So he did his his part. Yes. The offense just couldn't do theirs at all against guys like Jose Urquidy, guys like Christian Javier, Brooks Rayleigh, uh, also pitched two, two-thirds two of an inning, and Ryan Presley in that game, two. And obviously it was Framer Valdez who picked up uh, the win in game one and did a very good job there. But, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, extremely disappointing from the minnesota twins i don't know i don't know what has to change for them to win a playoff game they changed the team it didn't matter you know they're
1: probably not gonna have nelson cruz next year who was one of the the two guys he drove in he drove in every run for them that series he drove in both runs for
0: them that series it's unbelievable
1: yeah everyone okay in the starting lineup from game two he had a 1000 or, you know, he had an 1167 OPS. The next best was uh, was Marwin Gonzalez with a 533. That is unacceptable. That cannot happen.
0: Yeah, it just complete a complete um no show from um, of the Bamba of that, squad from that uh, Twins offense. Um, yeah, extremely disappointing.
1: Also, Alice Kirilov made his major league debut.
0: Yeah, that was interesting. That was cool. Josh Donaldson was uh, out with a calf injury, and they called up Alex uh, Kirilov. Kirilov, who – where does he rank, like, uh, He was the off? number
1: two Twins prospect behind Royce Lewis, and he's top 20 overall. Yeah, top
0: 20 overall. So that was a pretty big deal. Um, and he got a hit,
1: to, to give it to his credit. Like, yeah. he did a you know good job there. I'm not necessarily blaming this on him, but, I mean, guys like Arias – uh, did not get a hit in the series. Kepler didn't get a hit in the series. Rosario didn't get a hit in the series. I mean, so many guys that Marwin or uh, Jorge Polanco and one for seven. I mean, a a lot of guys just did not perform the way they should have.
0: Yeah. It is, uh, it was extremely disappointing. Nelson
1: Cruz and he's going to be probably gone next year. I don't see why he should stay on this team if that's going to happen every year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you, when you did your part like that. Um, you don't you don't like seeing that from the twins yeah it's weird it's weird because they've and they they won competitive games in the regular season uh you know they they had good games against the indians they had good games against the white Sox. but i mean hey who knows you know the central bubble was oh and seven that's right in the postseason
1: if you pick a central team you did very bad
0: yeah, we sh- we should talk about that later. But we're gonna get we're gonna go series by series, and then maybe we'll talk about the central because that's do we have, it do was we have fascinating like, to me. Do you have like a final statement on the Minnesota Twins? Um, I mean, they have a very talented team. I don't know; it's just they they should have won- like they have the offense clearly. Yeah, I I don't know if it's only because they're in the AL Central. I mean, they had a good season. Uh, last year had a hundred win season last year they had a good good uh season last year when it when they didn't just face the central i know they faced they disproportionately faced the al central but it wasn't uh all the central Full, yeah yeah so i don't know maybe you know they're they're pumped up a little bit by the competition they face um but uh i i don't know i do you maybe you, you maybe you add more to the offense i'm not sure it's i will give credit where due.
1: like i said to kenta maeda he broke out this season and put it all together for really the first time in his career and i guess it is only 60 games so it could be a little uh bloated but nonetheless i'm really excited uh to see what he can do in the future i think that was a very good trade for the twins to just sneak in and get him in the mookie bets deal
0: yeah and uh you know they they probably faced criticism at first because they did give up uh Bruce dark pretty much straight up for Kent Maeda um and they faced some criticism for that and um I think that it looks a lot better now it looks it looks a lot better now, yeah, um now that they have Kent Maeda who had what a like a two and a half e r a yeah and did well against the Astros so the next American League series we will be talking about the uh Tampa Bay Rays the one seed from the American league looking like the one seed from the American league sweeping the Toronto blue Jays. Yeah,
1: this will not talking about the series will not be like uh, condemning the blue Jays the same way we just did with the twins. Uh, I think they have a very talented roster and I think they should keep their heads up because they're only getting, they're only going to get better going forward. Um, But I mean, yeah, the Rays did what they were supposed to do in this series. The pitching was excellent on all fronts. They only allowed three runs. All series, they had clutch hitting. They had a grand slam from Hunter Renfro in Game Two. Blake Snell uh, only gave up one hit over five and a third, I believe it was. Everyone, I mean, Rosa rosarena I mean, can we talk about that guy? Five hundred hit, five hundred had a four hit game in Game Two with a 15.56 OPS. He did an excellent job. Manny Margot, Hunter Renfro, Mike Zanino in a home run. Mike Borasso, all of those guys hit really well. And that's kind of the, how the Rays are. Like, they don't have the one, like, superstar caliber. Just put them on first, no matter what, every time type of guy. But they have a bunch of guys that will just come through for you when they need the most. And that's how they are going to win the World Series if that does happen.
0: Yeah, the, the Rays looked very good. They looked like, um, they look like they're following through on what they've done in the regular season. Uh, the Blue Jays, yeah, they're an up-and-coming team. Uh, I guess I was a little, um, I guess disappointed from Hyunjin Ryu a little bit. I know he, uh, he he gave up four unearned runs. He gave up three earned runs, and I'm looking at Savant, and not all, not every hit he gave up was you know hammered, but still, uh, I didn't didn't like seeing that from Ryu. But you know, historically, historically he's been pretty good in the postseason, so it shouldn't be a worry for the next uh three years of his deal he was very good this year as well um but yeah i mean it's it's kind of what we expected i i guess i didn't fully expect that i had them in three uh daniel had had this uh exactly correct at raising two i didn't know this one um and yeah the rays look very good and you know it gives you know are they uh, are they favorites against the yankees uh, I would guess, I mean, I think it's a lot closer than people realize,
1: even though, you know, you look at the season series, you see the Rays did win eight out of 10. Uh, I would guess the Rays are probably favored.
0: Yeah. I mean, Vegas is weird because the Yankees will probably get more people, more people will probably bet on the Yankees. Because of the Yankees. Yeah. So betting odds might not be the best indicator. Um, Rays, Yankees, betting odds. Yeah. The
1: Yankees are favored.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yankees okay. are favorite in this series, but that's probably because of... It's very close. It's, the minus nature. One, it's minus 150. Yeah, they're minus 150, and the nature of Vegas, you know... We'll get into that series later on. Yeah, but, like, the nature of Vegas, more people know who the Yankees are, so more people are going to bet on the Yankees. I was going
1: to say, if you asked, the, like, a common, like, average baseball fan to name five Yankees and name five Rays, you're going to get five Yankees much quicker.
0: Yeah, exactly, and um, if you if you were to ask a casual fan, like who's the better team, the Yankees or Rays, they'd probably say the Yankees, you know, a casual fan.
1: And I don't think that's an outrageous thing to say. Like I do think the Yankees, I'm not saying the Yankees don't have a chance in this series. They absolutely do. And I don't think I'd be the least bit surprised if they do win because of how hot they've been. And also the fact that a lot of their games against the Rays this season, they weren't completely healthy. You know, for some of them, they didn't have Judge. For most of them, they didn't have Stanton for a lot, or some of them didn't, they might not have had LeMahieu, you know, they had guys missing for a lot of the year, and that was tough, but I mean, the Rays have such a deep pitching staff, I mean, three of their key pitchers from this year went down with Tommy John surgery, that is Yanni Chirinos, Chaz Rowe, and Andrew Kittredge, all of them got Tommy John surgery, and they still marched on like nothing happened.
0: Yeah, and um, one thing that plays into the Rays' favor is two uh, uh, Rays' hands, one thing Yeah, I don't know what I was trying to say. One thing that plays into the Rays' hands as well is they will be in a bubble with no fans. Which is what they're used to. Yeah. They don't have to
1: play at Yankee Stadium.
0: Yeah, they don't have to play at Yankee Stadium, which is huge, especially with a young team like the Rays. Uh, It's huge that they're not exposed to, you know, that crazy Bronx crowd, uh, and that plays into their advantage. Um, But, you know, we'll get into the preview later on but anything more on the Rays Blue Jays series
1: um, I think I said it all in the beginning Blue Jays fans don't don't hang your heads this team is going to be very good going forward and this is only the start you know obviously you did sort of sneak into that postseason spot with the eight seed uh, but there's no shame in losing to Tampa
0: yeah Blue Jays by the way um, you know not the favorites but could be could make uh, talks maybe in the Trevor Bauer sweepstakes I don't know they could I mean, I feel like a lot of teams will get into the sweepstakes, but there are some some clear favorites. Um, it's going to be interesting. But yeah, the the Blue Jays are probably a, a free agent or two away, but bef- uh, before becoming
1: and they're a Nate Pearson a and, a, and a Nate Pearson development away.
0: Yes, a Nate Pearson development away and a Vladdy Jr. development. Yeah, away.
1: that's big. That needs. That's something I'm going to be looking for next year. Does Ken Vlady Jr. develop further? Because we haven't really. I mean, he was the the most hyped prospect most people have ever seen when he came up.
0: Yeah, since at least uh, Bryce Harper.
1: At least, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Like uh, it was
1: him and it was Shohei Otani. like that in the same sentence for hype before they got up. We haven't really seen it from him yet. Uh, he's he's been his OPS has been hovering in like the mid to low 700s uh, ever since he came up. 791 this year, not horrible, but I think we all want to see more of that. We want to see it up into the high eights, maybe low nines.
0: Yes, for sure. Especially as a guy who uh, isn't known for defense, it's all it's all offense from Vladdy Jr. Yeah. At least from what we've seen. Uh, so yeah, Rays Blue Jays, um, kind of what we expected uh, in terms of Rays winning, and they've kind of established themselves as a legit postseason threat because um, outside of the wild card game, they haven't won a legit postseason series in a in a very long time they didn't win one in 2013 and before that they went in 2010
1: yeah the Rays this is their first postseason series
0: wins since 08 since 08 yeah yeah exactly so making you know legitimizing themselves for sure I mean I guess they won the wild card game last year yeah they won. they've won some wild card games
1: this is uh, the wild card series But this
0: is the the first Series, I guess you could say, yes, that they have won since two thousand eight. Um, now we get into one of the more, I guess one of them was uh, an exciting game, and this was probably maybe number two on our list for most exciting series pre- prediction wise. What we predicted would be probably the second most exciting series. uh We probably had Re- Reds Braves ahead of them, mm-hmm. but Yankees Indians, um, a very very interesting series. <laughs> It, the The most obvious, the most obvious thing you can talk about is Shane Bieber, which is what I was going to lead with. Yes, Shane Bieber gives up seven runs, uh, to the Yankees in his first first postseason start ever. Right. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, what was that, Shane? What was it like? Three and two thirds, ending seven earned runs from him. Four and two thirds. Four three? and two thirds. Four. Four and two thirds, seven earned runs two walks, seven strikeouts and nine hits, two home runs. Uh, That cannot happen. That cannot happen at all. I mean, when you're the guy, a pitching triple crown winner, a unanimous Cy Young who's probably going to get MVP votes, like first place MVP votes, you cannot do that against anybody. I don't care how good the Yankees' offense is. I don't care if Garrett Cole is striking out the entire world under his $324 million contract. That cannot happen ever.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it was it was quite um a bottom a bottomable um it you know it for me it's it's interesting because it makes you think about the Indians uh, trading some of their their veteran presence at um in the starting rotation and it makes you think like maybe uh maybe starting a veteran in the playoffs like a, a. an established guy who has pitched in the playoffs before would have been a, would have been a better move if they had those guys. Um, but Shane Bieber, I mean, nobody in baseball was yeah. better
1: than Shane Bieber this year. Yeah. That's no, the, that's your guy.
0: Yeah. And uh, you know, it was tough to see. I, I don't know what it was. Um, I guess, you know, bad location. His fastball was getting destroyed. Like if yeah. you go back and watch his outing, his off speed and his
1: breaking stuff, he was getting swings and misses and none of that was the problem virtually every big hit that the yankees had were all fastballs i don't know if he just couldn't locate i don't know if he didn't have the velocity i don't know what the deal was but his fastball was miserable that night
0: yeah and his fastball i don't think he had a lot of movement i think he he throws a he throws a two seam i believe and i don't think he was featuring that much it was the four seam that was just getting getting hit very very hard uh, by the yankees and it was uh it was tough and then game two was uh, – game two is something else.
1: It was wild. Uh, well, I mean, first of all, the Indians get off to a 4 nothing lead in the first inning after the rain delay. Uh, and, you know, there was a lot of talk about postseason Tanaka and his career uh, going into this game. And, he, obviously he didn't perform very well. Four innings pitched, six earned runs, three walks, and only three strikeouts. And I'll be honest, I, I'm going to let this one slide. Uh, you know, there was a lot of bad weather. Like, first of all, that game should not have started when it did. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you were watching, but it was just pouring and they literally stopped it after like 15 minutes of play. So, I mean, that, that game should not have even started. So Tanaka obviously had to deal with some tough circumstances. So I will give him a pass uh, on this start and I'll probably still be talking about his postseason success at the beginning of next series against Tampa. Um, but I mean, the bullpen looked pretty good other than, uh, Zach Britton. He did give up a run. Aaron Boone questionably bringing out Jonathan Loisega. I don't know, I don't think I agreed with that at all, and he ended up, he gave up what was the go-ahead run, uh, which didn't matter in the end, but yeah, this is such a crazy game. Uh, I guess we'll start out with, uh, you know, Indians get a 4-0 lead, and then in the second, Stanton hits a bomb to make it 4-1, and then it kind of stays stagnant for a while, but then in the fourth, uh, Carrasco gets himself into some trouble. He allows a triple to Aaron Hicks. He then walks Luke Voigt and Stanton to bring up Gio Urshela, And then James Karinczak comes in and on a 2-2 pitch, no, 3-2 pitch. He puts a fastball right on the corner. Perfect location. Still gets served up for a home run. I mean, you could have like, I I can't even blame Karinchek. Like it was not a bad pitch at all. Gio just had an unbelievable piece of hitting on that one. Uh, And that obviously put the Yankees up five to four. And it went back and forth for a while. Jose Ramirez... Uh, drove in two runs on a double to make it six six later on and then in the next inning Gary Sanchez hit a hit a winded wind assisted home run. Did you see the home run that he hit?
0: Uh, yeah I saw it. I saw it after. <laughs> when I
1: when that went off the bat Chris I looked at it and I was like all right that's that's one out. That's that's the first out of the inning. And then it just got out and even Vascursion was on the was yelling at the broadcast like Alex did you did you think that was getting off the, getting off, off the bat because I sure did not and yeah, like that one should not have gotten out, but the wind just brought, just carried it. Uh, so no juice ball excuses there. That was, you know, some luck from the weather there to make it eight to six Yankees. Uh, and then in the eighth, Jordan Luplo pinch hit for the red hot Josh Naylor, who had a great series uh, and hit a two run double. And then in the ninth, or the, yeah, in the eighth, uh, Cesar Hernandez hit a go ahead bloop off of Chapman and then in the ninth, Brad Hand was miserable. He walked John Carlos Stan, gave up a 0 2 single to Urshela on a pitch that was not even in the zone. So, I mean, Urshela just had some crazy good hand eye coordination in that series. I mean, good for him. Like, he did, he just out, he just bested each pitcher that he faced in that game. And then Glaber singled on a weak ground ball to the pitcher. He struck out Gardner. Sanchez hit a sack fly to tie it. And DJ LeMahieu hit a single to give the Yankees a lead, and they did not look back. Mostly because Austin Hedges came up as the final out.
0: Yeah, it was an incredible, incredible game. Um, definitely a uh, a classic. I was saying, yeah. I was saying, you know, in the next, in the time of the next pandemic, uh, whenever that hits, uh, I will be watching Yankees Indians Game Two of the Wild Card Series. That's right, from yeah, twenty twenty. Uh, whenever that happens and I and I need a baseball fix I'll I'll be watching that but yeah incredible game um, and I don't know I guess I guess the I guess the Yankees just just had more they more are in and, and they are
1: underrated man as an offense like no one I mean like they they were kind of written off in this series and I'll even put myself in there I had Indians in three that went and even that like that wasn't a knock on the Yankees that was just I think we put a lot of emphasis on starting pitching going into this series because it was a best of, it was a first to two. And I mean, like I couldn't ignore Bieber, you know, Carrasco and then Pleszak, but I mean, the Yankees offense just bested them and, you know, they're going to have an even bigger challenge going forward with the Rays, but I think they are up to it.
0: Yeah. I had a, I had a weird feeling. I had a weird unexplained feeling about the Yankees offense. Like I just remember like, um, at least in 2017 and like 2019 they were able to kind of come out of the gates hot somewhat like they didn't come out hot in 2017 other than the wild card in uh i guess in i guess in 2019 against minnesota their um their offense was incredible and then game one of the uh l one game one of the alcs against the astros yeah they won that they came out hot um so i think I don't know I I don't know I'm still not sure about the Yankees identity are they you know are they a legit like it will be shown I think it'll
1: be shown in this series
0: yeah it's like this is a
1: team that played extremely well against them all all season long even with the injuries I mean they did what they should have with with the the unhealthy Yankees roster you know went eight and two against them I mean, like they did, the Rays did everything right against the Yankees this season and the Yankees identity is going to be shown in this series.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's not, it's not controversial to say that the winner of the Rays Yankees series will probably represent the American league in the world. I, series. I can say that with a hundred percent confidence. Yeah. It's, it's not, you know, controversial to say at all. Um, those are probably the two best teams in the playoffs or in the two best American league teams in the playoffs right yes. now. Um, so that that is uh that's how it shapes up right now so as for the indians we've been talking about this for a while
1: and i've been against it for so long but i feel like i can't ignore it now we need to get francisco lindor out of there man we really like i am for the trade rumors this year i've been heavily against them i've been begging them to give lindor the bag but you know what someone's going to do it and it's going to be a team that gives him what he deserves. I know that he didn't do very well in the post season, but I mean, some of the decisions made, some of the, everything was just bad. Everything was just so bad and he deserves so much better than this.
0: Yeah. I can see a trade definitely happening because Indians aren't going to pay him. And, um, he's, uh, in free agency after 2021. That's right. So this is the t- this is the time. I mean, they've traded uh, Bauer uh, a year and a half before his free agency. They this traded, goes far beyond Bauer, man. Like they look traded at, Kluber a year before his free agency. They traded Clev. They traded and they. I mean, like well, Clevenger was a was a different situation for sure. It was,
1: but I mean, even this goes so far back. Like Kenny Lofton is a is another good example.
0: Yeah, good. did he get uh, traded or he got he, traded? He got legit traded before ninety he- seven. Did uh, Jim Tomey get traded or was he in free agency? I think he
1: might have been a free agent, but I know for a fact they traded Lofton, who was the most beloved guy on the team.
0: Uh, And he was upset. They let Manny Ramirez go to free agency. Um, Yeah, it's just historic in the Indians organization that things like this will happen. And, you know, they'll probably want to get some young pitching. Tomey was a free agent. Yeah, they'll, they'll probably want to get some uh, some young pitching um, and just keep doing what they're doing, you know, winning some regular season games, not quite getting it done in the postseason, and just repeat from there. I mean, they've they've made the playoffs in uh, three – Of the last four, four years. Four, four, four of, of the, the last, last five. five. Yeah. Four of the last five years. Um, I mean, they just keep coming back they blew a 3-1 lead
1: they blew a 2-0 lead they got swept and they got swept
0: yeah and you know they've they've traded some guys they've been fine apparently and that's probably going to be the case with Lindor. they'll trade him maybe they'll get into the playoffs uh maybe they won't and that's that's just that's just the indians yeah um
1: well i mean this is this is probably the last season that they're going to be named the
0: indians too yeah very possibly Very possibly. So the 2021 Cleveland Spiders,
1: their leadoff man at shortstop, Jose Ramirez.
0: (laughs) Jose Ramirez, the shortstop. Yep. Yeah. Uh, And speaking of uh, AL Central teams losing, we can talk about the White Sox and A's. Very, pretty crazy series because uh, after game one, it looked like a lock that the White Sox were going to take this series, especially after Giolito's performance. Uh, they won that game what four to one?
1: Uh yes, four to one.
0: Yeah, it is a pretty generally non-competitive game, and uh, they just couldn't get it done in the next two games.
1: My take on the White Sox before the season started was that they were going to discover that Rick Renteria wasn't the guy for them. I knew that you know everyone knew that this team had so much potential, uh, and I thought that Rick Renteria was going to be holding them back because I felt like they should have been been here couple years ago i felt like they were a little late on uh, on being competitive and i thought i was proven wrong during the regular season you know they go what 35 and 25 almost win the division but they they play tough they have a tough couple of weeks to end the season and it comes down to a do or die game three against one of the best bullpens in baseball and you do a surprise opener yeah really you're gonna put Dane Dunning gets in one jam, so he's done. And you bring in a guy who never even played in the minor leagues. And to his to to Garrett Crot Crotchett's credit, I don't know, I think I don't know how it's pronounced. But um to his credit, I mean he did very well this year, but he got hurt in his outing. Um, they were almost like out of pitchers. Like they had to stretch Evan Marshall to go two and so he could give up two runs or well one earned, but yeah. Um I don't I hated the decision to go surprise opener. Dane Dunning gave up two hits in the first inning with two outs and they took him out.
0: Yeah, it it was pretty pretty wild to see. And Dane Dunning, he seemed to have some success going into it. I, I think he struggled at the tail end of the season, but he definitely had established success um during the season. His ERA ended up being like what in the mid threes or something like, like high that. threes yeah yeah mid to high threes. i would have rather
1: had him go th- like three or four than two two thirds of an inning
0: yeah because yeah. you know the bullpen for the white Sox was was uh good they, have a, they have a few good guys but they're not that yeah. deep yeah I, exactly like you
1: have your your evan Marshalls, you have your matt fosters you have your alex colomays who are very good but the rest of those guys are not fantastic
0: yeah. they're built you know to go in the seventh eighth and ninth inning they're built to be good for three to maybe five innings, they're not the Tampa Bay Rays, who just have pitcher after pitcher after pitcher, who's you know throwing 98 at 3,000 uh, revolutions per minute with their spin rate. They're not. They're not the Rays. It's not like that. It's not that much depth. And uh, yeah, going, yeah, two thirds of an inning. You know, he almost got out of it without giving up a run. And he still didn't end up giving up a run. Uh it's, it's pretty wild. And I think you you got it you pretty much got it all right. You did have the White Sox in third, which they ended up being, mm-hmm. and you had Rick Renteria getting fired, which it hasn't was, happened, but could happen. This that could be a
1: decision that gets him fired, going with a surprise opener there. Like you yeah. could very easily see that that lost in the game and the series and the season. Giolito looked great uh he had a no he had a perfect game going into the seventh inning uh and that just didn't work dallas keichel didn't have it i don't know what happened he led the league in home runs per nine he ended up giving up two home runs one to marcus Simeon and one to chris davis
0: and in a you know a pitcher's park as well yeah
1: um i i can't really explain what happened to dallas keichel there i mean i guess his fib caught up to him yeah because he always was a high fib type of guy uh dylan sees threw a shutout inning Woo. He did it. He didn't even have any walks or <laughs> hits allowed. It was just three, three batters, no strikeouts, just they all hit into field outs. Um, but yeah, Keichel just didn't have it. Chris Bassett did a fantastic job and I will not let that go unnoticed. Seven innings, six hits, one run, one walk and five strikeouts for a game score of 65 huge job by him with the, their backs to the wall. And I mean the Oakland A's. They did a fantastic job with their backs to the wall in this series, and I really hope that they take this momentum into the next series because they they broke the curse of the uh of them not being able to win a or, win or take all game. I think they had lost like nine or ten straight going into that game.
0: Yeah, and now now they're back. Yeah. Kind of a uh a forgotten about talking point, but yeah, it um you know the Twins continue to lose, with the A's the A's kind of broke uh broke a bit of their uh I guess curse they we talked about they hadn't won a playoff series in fourteen years and uh now they have and they did it That's right they did it facing elimination twice yeah um which props to them and it was against a, a an established regular season team like the White sox it wasn't like the Astros who they are who they are about to face uh and now moves moving to the national league our most anticipated series um of the uh, of Sleep. the wild of the wild card round, uh, Reds Braves game one.
1: We talked all about the Reds starting pitching.
0: Yes, and game one, it wasn't just the Reds starting pitching, but also the Braves starting pitching that showed up to work. Um, you know, Bauer was definitely more dominant, um, and the Reds kind of messed themselves up with some base running, but Max Fried was incredible. As well, and uh, ended up, I didn't end up catching the extra innings. Uh, what? <laughs> what? Oh, what it was the, so bad. What did the game look like?
1: The Reds went over a thousand with runners in scoring position. Not really. They went one for thirteen, and the one hit was just a, a sharp line drive into left field with Joey Votto on second. So mm-hmm. he only moved to third on that one. Uh, but yeah, that was the one hit. The, the, the entire series that the Reds had with runners in scoring position. Uh, and I mean, you know, we talked all about the Reds starting pitching and they lived up to the hype. They did a great job. Um, they, between Castillo and Bauer, they only give up one earned run in I think 13 plus innings pitched. Uh, so let me, let me just explain the, uh, the extras to you because it was, it was complicated. Um, so let's start with the 11th because not too much eventful stuff happened in the 10th, but uh, in the 11th, the Reds, had a they got a two out double from Nick Castellanos, which led to an intentional walk to Joey Votto, another walk to Eugenio Suarez, and Mike Moustakas came up to the plate against Tyler Matzik and struck out on three pitches with the bases loaded. On three, it wasn't even a competitive at bat at all. So that's a that's a it's a wasted opportunity. You know you had runners in, in scoring position. Granted it was two outs, but still you got to capitalize there. Then in the twelfth, the Aquino and Winker. Two back to back singles. Aquino actually goes the third on the Winker single. So you got men on the corners with no outs. Kyle Farmer strikes out. Tucker Barnhart strikes out. And Freddie Gallis, you guessed it, he strikes out. <laughs> terrible, terrible hitting with runners in scoring positions. Then you move to the 13th. Castellanos strikes out. Joey Votto singles. And then he advanced second on a wild pitch. And then Winker, or no, I'm sorry, Suarez gets the one hit with runners in scoring position, moves Votto over to third. So now you got men on the corners with one out. Aquino strikes out, and Jose Garcia grounds out. So that is – are you keeping track of how many runners on, on scoring position with less than two outs that's, that have already been stranded in just those three innings? It's impossible. <laughs> yeah. So then you go to the bottom of the 13th, and something has to give. R.G. Bradley starts at the inning, giving up a single to Nick Marquecas, a single to Austin O'Reilly, and then a ground out to Ronald Acuna Jr. to put men on the corners with one out. They give it, They bring in Amir Garrett to face Freddie Freeman, and he promptly gave up an RBI single to win the game for the Braves.
0: Yeah, uh, it's extremely disappointing to see. And one of the reasons I, I picked the Reds was their momentum heading into the season. Uh, not to make a double entendre with uh, Trevor Bauer's media company, but <laughs> they had a lot of momentum. Heading into that series, and that included the offense. The offense, I looked up like their last two weeks of the season, their weighted runs created plus was above 100, which oh, yeah. it wasn't before that. You know, I mean, you know, having like a 107 weighted runs created plus isn't that crazy, but when you have that pitching, it seems like you should be winning most of those games. And uh, the offense, uh, m- like most of the season, disappointed. Um, that whole series zero runs in twenty two innings is all you have to say uh, it was uh it was horrible to see especially you know the the reds best um, the the Reds best guys did their best Trevor Bauer and Luis Castillo mm-hmm. but they couldn't get anything out of it this series reminds me of something that I conveniently forget about
1: all the time but then remember that it exists every time I see it in front of my face and that the Reds are just a doomed franchise for for whatever reason. Like No matter what happens, no matter how they look on paper, no matter how momentum is, is shifting for them, they will always just find ways to lose in the most catastrophic ways and get in their own way. Um, one of my Instagram friends is a Reds fan, and he made a list during the 2019 season of games that they should have won that, but that they lost, whether that be like, losing one, nothing to like a number five starter who had, who was on a bad trend or like blowing a a six to two lead in the seventh inning, stuff like that. And they would have been above 500 and close to first place in the NL central last year, had they won all those games, obviously. And that shows how long the list is of games like that. And I, you know, when they came out of the gate, struggling this season, I started remembering, Oh yeah, it's the Reds. They do this. And I forgot about it again, and they fooled us yet again in this playoff series. It's like, oh, that's right, they're the Reds. They're going to go over a thousand with runners in scoring position and not score a run the entire series. Of course, how can I forget? You know, they have this great starting pitching, but there's you can't win games with just starting pitching, as we've seen with this with this team.
0: Yeah, and this was against the Braves, who don't have a great recent playoff history themselves, or either. great starting pitching depth.
1: Which I mean, it doesn't matter what your depth is when you only play two games, but.
0: Yeah, the Braves, you know, they lost first round in 2019, 2018, 2013. Uh, their first, it was their first series, it was their
1: first series win since
0: 2001. Yeah, yeah, first series win since 2001. The Mariners were in the
1: playoffs the last time the Braves won a playoff series. Yeah. It was
0: yeah, it was a year old. Crazy. Uh, yeah, it was absolutely crazy. Uh, the Braves lack of recent postseason success and they even lost to them so i guess yeah they are a doomed franchise uh, at the moment uh, yeah at the moment they're they're not they're not doing it and you know their future doesn't look too bright they got bauer um going on the free agent market it'd be really
1: sad if they just go right back into tanking
0: yeah imagine spending 7
1: years in the basement they to finally come up for like a 2 week period and then be shoved right back down and that's it
0: yeah i mean luckily i guess one right spot is Nick Castellanos probably not going to opt out. I wouldn't imagine. Yeah. So. Cause he had a, he had a slightly above average season overall. Yeah. Um, so I guess Castellanos staying, but Cast- Castellanos is staying. Um, but yeah, Bauer's going and Joey Vado's still getting older. Um, going to be um, going to be interesting.
1: So the next, hold on. I have, I just want to make some closing remarks uh on the reds before we uh before we move on you know i mean as i've said like this team i I just don't know what to say because you know this team they were there for so and there's a deep drive by castellanos and it'll be a home run and so that'll make it a four nothing ball game uh, I, I don't know if they're going to be back there again next year you know whether it be uh in the in the expanded playoffs, whether it's for their bosses at Fox, I mean, I just don't know what's going on <laughs> with this team.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if the Reds are going to be putting on that NL Central champion shirt again. I'm not yeah. sure. I don't. I don't think so either. Yeah, they didn't this year, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if we see them back in the playoffs in the near future. It's weird. Yeah. Um, hate to see it. So the next National League, uh, National League, I guess, also National League Central matchup, but Central versus East, Cubs, Marlins. We said at the beginning, we both said Cubs and two. You got <laughs> Kyle Hendricks, and you got Yu Darvish going back to back. Um, <laughs> little did we know their <laughs> offense would just not show up, and just like the Reds and the Marlins. Uh, the Marlins pitching staff would be the one that would be shining. Yeah. Sandy Alcantara and Sixto Sanchez. They
1: did an excellent job. And I mean, <laughs> the Marlins are just, I tweeted this. The Marlins are the most unexplainable phenomenon when they reach the playoffs. Like they, they have never lost a playoff series in the history of their franchise. They are 7-0. and That is the best winning percentage of any franchise ever. Obviously it's a, it's a 1,000. Yeah. Um, it makes no sense
0: like the yeah. Marlins,
1: the Marlins are just generally known as this, you know, bottom feeder franchise. That's their, that's their nickname this year is the bottom feeders. And just anytime they reach the playoffs, they become the 1920s Yankees. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The Marlins. uh, <laughs> Yeah. The Marlins, I like their entire being is doing stuff that they're not supposed to do, whether it be winning Four years, winning the World Series in accidentally their, in their fifth year of existence, uh, in a, in a game they should not have won. They were trailing by one with an elite closer on the mound in yeah. Game Seven. Yeah, facing like the second best uh, American League team of the '90s, uh, the Cleveland Indians, who had you know Manny Ramirez, Albert Jim Bell. Tome. Yeah, Manny Ramirez, Albert Albert Bell, Jim Tomy,
1: Kenny. Oh, they didn't have Kenny
0: Lofton that year, but. So many superstars, um, and they won that. Then in 2003, they beat the Yankees in the World Series. In the, the, the Dynasty Yankees, the yeah. Core Four Yankees. I, they beat uh, Barry Bonds in the playoffs yep. <laughs> during his during the best prime ever. Yeah, like well what is this? And you can't. I bet a lot of people can't even name like most
1: of the players on those teams. Like I remember, I remember I went to a sports broadcasting camp a few years ago and there was a trivia question who had the game-winning hit for the marlins in 1997 so many puzzled looks on people's faces i'm just like it was edgar renteria (laughs) oh yeah edgar renteria (laughs) Renteria. (laughs) oh yeah he played for the marlins that's that's like most of people who play for the marlins it's like oh yeah they're on the marlins like mike piazza pudge rodriguez
0: like guys like that aj burnett aj burnett brad penny josh Josh Beckett. beckett (laughs) <laughs> the original Luis Castillo yes. <laughs> who played uh, second base yeah uh yeah the Marlins just constantly their entire being is doing doing things that and they did it again do they did it again uh they won they
1: they did it with home runs too yeah like most of their runs uh Corey Dickerson hit a three-run home run in game one to put them up three to one in the seventh inning and then Jesus Aguilar did the same thing two batters later to make it 5-1. And that was that was game one. So it was yeah. a 5-1 game. Sandy Alcantara was fantastic. And then in game two, it's 0-0 going into the seventh. And you get a home run from Matt, from uh, Garrett Cooper, of course. Uh, and then you did get a RBI single from Magnarius Sierra. Yes. Yep. Who could – I mean – yeah, I remember when the Marlins got Magnarius Sierra, and everyone was like, "Well, this is this this team is serious now." Yeah, <laughs> this team is going
0: for it. And uh, what was uh what was Sixto's Sixto's line? It was very
1: good. It was
0: he must have had a lot of strikeouts. Five innings
1: pitched, four hits, two two walks, no runs, six strikeouts. Game yeah, score still, of sixty three.
0: Still pretty good.
1: He outdueled Yu Darvish.
0: Yeah, he outdueled Yu Darvish. I mean, Yu Darvish did go a little longer, but still Sixto Sanchez take, you know, he had the Cubs
1: offense, which is so bad. It was very weird.
0: Yeah. Carrying over from their 2018, how they got eliminated in, in 2018 is exactly how they got eliminated mm-hmm. uh, this year, except there's no uh, Tony Walters. Uh, yeah, no, year. it was just a,
1: just a string of people.
0: Yeah. String of people and very disappointing for the Cubs, you know, the Cub the Cubs franchise. I mean, I, I don't know. They're kind of an old team. Um, Chris Bryant, probably going to go into free agency.
1: Bias Rizzo and
0: Bryant went one for 24 in this series. And Bryant is a free agent after what, 2021? That's right. And, you know, he didn't have the best year this year and they still succeeded. So maybe not the biggest deal, but still, you know, not something you want to see, especially in the playoffs. No. Um weird and then you so now you have Marlins Braves do you feel like the Cubs are
1: hanging on too tightly to 2016 because they still have a lot of that roster on this team like Mm -hmm. let me just look in the starting lineup that one two three four five six six people in the starting lineup in game two were on the 2016 team well that was four years ago at this point and that team I mean they were mostly young but you usually don't have that much left that much after i feel like
0: well i don't know so you and
1: start... you also have one of those people as your manager
0: yeah that that is correct so. yeah that
1: might be a and i i don't i think i don't hate david ross as a manager but I, I feel like that is a sign that they might be holding on too tightly to that
0: yeah well jason hayward they, they signed before, jason hayward you have no choice They yeah. signed before 2016 anthony rizzo they kyle Schrober's signed... one question yes uh, how many
1: how remember when kyle Schrober was untouchable in trades you think they, re- they regret that now? You think they probably could have gotten someone really good for Kyle Schwarber after 16?
0: Um, I'm not sure. They I, probably could have. I don't know. Uh, yeah, Schwarber, I guess, would be... Maybe Wilson Contreras. Would be a guy you're, you're talking about. Rizzo signed an extension bef- before, like, 2015. Uh, Chris Bryant, they have just the control on him. And Baez, they also have the control... But like, these are all guys who have been good for a while, but just not good, not good in the postseason as of late. And, you know, Baez didn't have a good year this past year. Bryant didn't have a good year this past year. Definitely weird stuff, especially from guys who were like supposed to be heading in their prime, Mm -hmm. you know, late 20s, early 30s, and just not not showing up the one
1: the one big positive that came from the Cubs this year was your guy to watch Ian Happ uh he he had the one he produced the one run in the series for the Cubs on a solo home run uh and this season in general he did a fantastic job uh I mean he did slow down towards the end but ended with an 866 OPS which is very encouraging uh it was very streaky though I'd like to see him be more consistent but definitely took a step forward this year
0: yeah and I believe um I his savant numbers were very good. Yeah. I don't know if they maintained very good, but let's look at Ian Happ. Should be good for a while. He was a first round pick. And he's only twenty five. Yeah, only twenty five. Uh, yeah, first round pick in twenty fifteen, ninth overall. Twenty six,
1: excuse me. Yeah, but in he,
0: his was, age, he, was, he was in 25. the seventy eighth percentile and expected uh, weighted on base average.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So definitely a very good offensive piece and a pretty good defensive piece, um, you know, in the middle defensively uh, that you have in center field with the Cubs. Yeah. No, no connection. Twenty sixteen either. Nope. Uh, Second to do it for the Cubs. They yeah. My sleeper team. I mean, they're they're just kind of in a in a weird spot. You know, they have a they have some talent. Um, they don't apparently they don't have a lot of money to spend. Uh, I I guess they don't have much money left to spend. Um, they're just kind of stuck in the same place. They don't have a great farm system.
1: No, they don't. Um, um, weird. It's a, especially for a Theo run team.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I don't think they traded off that much. No, they didn't. Yeah,
1: they sort of just stopped developing players.
0: Yeah, it, they were.
1: They had. They had a stack. I mean, Theo drafted guy after guy after guy you know, when he first got there in 2011 or 2012. Uh, And it seems like that's kind of stopped recently. Like it used to be all their first round picks consistently in the top 100. You look at Chris Bryant, you look at Kyle Schwarber, you look at Addison Russell when he was there, obviously that ship has sailed and not for any reasons the Cubs are responsible for. Um, I mean, every, just every time that, you know, they had their guys in there and that kind of just hasn't existed anymore.
0: I, I guess having the better record and getting the later draft picks may contribute to that but, but I mean there's still like Epstein, the baseball... Epstein has always drafted well always drafted well with the Red Sox yeah um you know he he drafted, he drafted Mookie Betts he drafted in the fifth round he drafted Mookie Betts in the fifth round he drafted Bradley in the second round he drafted uh, Ellsbury like late first round yeah like he
1: Theo Epstein's a the guy who usually hits on his later picks even I think then.
0: I think Lester John Lester might have been a second round pick um yeah. Did, you go, did you go as far back as Theo? Uh John Lester.
1: When did he when did he take over? Oh three or oh four?
0: Um oh three?
1: He was drafted in 02, so I feel like that it might be Dan uh, Duquette. Duquette. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But, so. but yeah, still, you know, Epstein was Epstein drafted Bedroya. Yes. Um he he was part of, he was a big part of like you Know the core that was built in also, 2007. Speaking, kind of, of, speaking in of John Lester,
1: speaking of John Lester, he's up this year. That's correct. I remember when that that's dude, I feel old. I remember when that deal was signed. Yeah, I before. was on social media when that wow.
0: deal was signed,
1: <laughs> it was a while ago.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm saying like Instagram. I was on social media and but like it, it, it's still like didn't it, it, feels get, did like it happen happened yesterday? Didn't it happen like mad late at night because I remember waking up to it. I just remember the next day like
1: being depressed, uh, yeah.
0: Being yeah, depressed about it. Mm-hmm. And it's still weird that the the Red Sox decided to sign Hanley and Pablo in, instead. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Still weird. Yep. Yeah. But uh I guess they got David Price, which was nice. That led to a World Series. Yeah. That was nice. Anywho. Uh so the Cubs in a weird place, Marlins, I mean, who knows? Who knows with the Marlins? I have no idea. They got a big test next, next next round. I mean, nothing will ever surprise me with the Marlins. They could get swept. Oh, no, it'll
1: still surprise me, but even if I see it coming, it's just like, how do they keep doing this?
0: Yeah, they they could get swept in three by the Braves, or they can win the World Series. I won't be terribly shocked because – them making the playoffs this year was enough to shock me. Yeah, and now it's just like they just keep doing their. Now thing. they're gonna win the World Series. It's like <laughs> what? They're gonna they're gonna end up after this year ten and zero in postseason series. It's gonna be weird. Uh, teams that wish a team that wishes they had the same postseason success as the Miami Marlins are the Los Angeles Dodgers, mm-hmm. who faced the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, and did what they were supposed to do against the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, got them in two. Um, luckily, uh, they were able – you know, Brandon Woodruff ran into some
1: It wasn't – trouble. I mean, they were all uh, unearned runs against yeah. him.
0: Yeah, U- Urias um, messed up a play, and a lot of runs were given up with yeah. two outs in the fifth inning. So, you know, took advantage – took advantage of the Brewers' mistakes.
1: I tried to be edgy for this uh, series and put, in, say, Dodgers in three, uh, and I was wrong. Walker Buehler still kind of concerns me, though. Uh, he only went four innings in his start. Uh, he hasn't gone deep into a game in a while uh, since he came off the IL, and they're obviously going to need him. You know, they're going to need him doing what he did in the 2018 World Series if they want to go all the way.
0: Yeah, and absolutely.
1: That doesn't seem to be happening right now.
0: Yeah, and he was a guy who... He was spectacular in um, last year's playoffs, even though they lost the series. Um, it was about, you know, what happened after after he exited the game. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's a guy you need because, you know, not every playoff series is going to be against the Brewers.
1: Yeah. Um, and they're facing – well, they're facing uh, San Diego coming up. That's going to be an exciting series. I'm excited for all these series. They're going to be so good, but we'll get to them later. Uh, I don't really have much to go over with this series. I think it kind of went as most people expected. Uh, Did you see the lineup that the Brewers put out for Game 2, by the way? It was miserable. (laughs) Like, I just got sad looking at it. It was Avisal Garcia, Christian Yelich, Jed Jerko, Ryan Healy, Orlando Garcia, Keston Hira, Tyrone Taylor, Jacob Nottingham, and – I know, I'm sorry, Luis Urias and Jacob Nottingham. It's not a winning lineup.
0: Yeah, 29-31. and You know, the Dodgers did what – did to them what the twins should have done to the Astros mm-hmm. uh, two game sweep Clayton Kershaw looked very good but that doesn't really mean that much no. against that lineup uh, yeah. we'll see we'll see how he does against the Padres
1: yeah um, as far as any parting words I have for the Brewers I really don't know I mean I'm going to need Kesson Hero to do better than what he did this year Christian Yelich I don't know what the hell that was 205 average that is very very bad
0: and, like, even, I mean, you know, you, a guy you pay $30 million a year, you want him to have more than a 780 OPS.
1: Yeah, yeah, probably.
0: Yeah, because I'm not putting too much weight on the batting average.
1: Do you think the Brewers should look to shop some people, like hater?
0: I don't know. The Brewers, you know, we knew that they were going to digress ap- after last year. They lost a lot of depth. They lost Grandal. They lost Thames. They lost... Uh, Mike Mustustacus
1: Mustustacus, yeah,
0: um yeah, I mean, we knew they were gonna digress, I mean, I don't know, I feel like you don't want <laughs> you don't really want to rebuild after you gave that contract to Yelich um but I don't know, I don't know what the other options are, yeah, I don't like, who are they gonna go out and get they're they're not a they're not a huge big market team, yeah, they're not gonna they're in they might be in one of the weirdest spots in the league right now. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, sort of, I don't know, maybe they're sort of like, no, I wouldn't say that. I was going to say they were kind of like the Red Sox, but not really, because uh, the Red Sox gave an extension to Bogarts and they're kind of in a tank situation, but probably not for long because they're a bigger market team. Yeah. Um, and they'll probably be in some free agency sweepstakes. And in the next few years in the next few years and they'll probably get back to success in the next couple years maybe not next year but in the next couple years
1: I would agree with that yeah um, um yeah, the Brewers are in such a weird spot I don't really yeah. know I mean good David good luck to David Stearns um we will see what happens uh but I am I am intrigued to yeah. see what happens here because I mean I, I will say Corbin Burns very good job this year. I really want to see that going forward. Same with Brandon Woodruff. Devin Williams, uh, I know he was left off the playoff roster, and that's really tough. Uh, I don't think he would have made much of a difference in this series, being that he's a reliever. Yeah. And they were down to begin with. But Devin Williams is awesome. Uh, that's a guy you need to keep. Uh, so I'm really happy to see what he did this year. An o three three 3 ERA with 17.7 strikeouts per nine. It's pretty good. Yeah, I, uh,
0: that's pretty good.
1: They have a good top end of the rotation with Woodruff and Burns. uh, And they have a good back end of the bullpen with Hader and Williams. So that's encouraging. Uh, You need more depth in that lineup, man. You need it.
0: For sure. Especially after losing Grandal, Mm -hmm. Thames, and Moustakis.
1: And Braun might be gone, too, because he's up. He's a free agent.
0: Yeah. Although it would be weird to see him... It would be Away so weird from to see him. It would
1: be. It would be very weird to see He's him. Been there, else. been
0: there since 07.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, that's 14 years in a in a brewer's uniform. That would be weird. Um, any more any more thoughts on the Dodgers and Brewers?
1: Yeah, I don't really got nothing.
0: Yeah. So now on to one of the more exciting series of the playoffs so far. Uh, Cardinals Padres. Cardinals came out, uh, surprised a lot of people. They won the first game by what score? The uh, it was 7 to 4. 7 to 4. Um and who started the it was game one for the Padres. For
1: the Padres it was Chris Paddock.
0: Oh yeah, Chris Paddock versus uh Kim.
1: Yeah, yeah yep.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I forget wanna, the first I forget the first name. I need
1: to get it now. Because it's just I need it
0: um kwang kwang kim. kim yeah yeah kwang young kim who had a very low era and a short sample for the cardinals seemed to do and he to was do, a product of south korea yeah just like hyunjin ryu yeah seemed to do okay okay enough to win the game which is mm-hmm. you know that's what you want from a pitcher you want a pitcher who wins the game and uh the
1: mets could only wish they could have that with degrom
0: yeah and uh the offense came out did very well and it was like huh maybe maybe the cardinals have something yeah game and then, two and then Woo! they continued they continued their success they were up six to two on the padres yeah And it was like oh my god are we about are the padres you know are they gonna the Cinderella fiss- story of the season are they just gonna crash and burn and uh apparently not apparently not Genesis Cabrera came in in the bottom of the sixth, up to 6-2, walked
1: Austin Nola, walked Jay Cronworth, struck out Trent Grisham, and then Chris's guy, Giovanni Gallegos, came in, Yep. promptly gives up a three-run bomb to Fernando Tatis Jr., and then a, okay. and then, then, one to follow up from Machado to tie the game up. It's just like that. If you're
0: going to give a bomb to somebody –
1: Make it, he could beat Tatis. Make,
0: make it be Tatis. Yeah. Uh,
1: and then from there, the game just got completely out of hand. Will Myers let off the seventh with a home run. And then Tatis did it again to make it six to nine. Very nice score there. But then yeah. the Cardinals did get a couple back in the top of the eighth. Uh, but then Will Myers hit a two run shot in the eighth, in the bottom of the eighth. And uh, I guess Paul Goldschmidt did get another one in. But um, yeah, Yeah. Just... That, that game ended up being 11 to nine, final score. Um, Padres' bullpen uh, looked, all right. I mean, to be to be fair, they pitched seven innings and gave up three runs. So, yeah, they did a pretty good job.
0: Yeah, pretty good job. That's a three, eight, five, three, eight, five, 5 or six ERA. Not
1: terrible. And I mean, the offense obviously did their thing. And especially
0: um, especially when once you have the lead, and it, it's a larger lead, you're kind of pitching to the game, not worrying about um, giving up, you know, a, a solo home run like they did in the ninth inning to Paul Goldschmidt. Mm-hmm. Just worried about throwing strikes, not getting too many base runners on.
1: So then you get to game three, and this the Padres went with an opener. Craig Stammen pitched an inning and in two-thirds, and the Padres ended up using nine different pitchers to shut out the St. Louis Cardinals. 4 nothing final score. Jack Flaherty, to his credit, six innings and one, third, one run. He did very well, uh, and Alex Reyes gave up a couple of honored runs uh no not necessarily the fault of the Cardinals pitching but the offense which is very lackluster against the Padres bullpen uh but the Padres moved on they are carrying a lot of momentum in the Dodgers series which is exactly what they need
0: yeah and apparently they have a very passionate uh fan yes
1: oh my god
0: yeah they're dancing was... in, dancing in the streets of San Diego I hope they have their masks but yeah. I mean yeah exciting stuff nonetheless I mean th- those
1: videos of Tatis like dancing in the streets in front of all of them like that makes me so happy
0: yeah, it's and very very cool to see, very refreshing to see um, in the in the world we are living in currently. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: see a bunch of people being happy. Yeah, a lot of people in happy. big crowds. You don't see that too often. And nowadays. Yeah, there was like a
0: there was like a tailgate party and people were kind of in their own little groups, so it didn't seem didn't seem awful, uh, to see that. And there was a lot of a lot of cool videos on the internet. Regarding San Diego and and their fans finally seeing some success uh, with this team and the, their first postseason series win since what ninety eight yes yeah first one in twenty two years in my lifetime yeah in a, in both of our lifetimes uh, yeah pretty pretty cool stuff they they won the game didn't have much trouble winning that game three and uh, it's. It's good for baseball.
1: It is. It's what baseball needs. Um, we'll get to the Padres later, but I just want to say a few words about the Cardinals and their post-mortem. Uh, I want to lead with Yadier Molina because we very well could have seen the last of him this year. Uh, so I'm going to talk as if we have. Uh, he came up in 2004 as a 21-year-old with the Cardinals organization, immediately played in the World Series with them. Uh, so, I mean, they obviously trusted him from the get-go. And he's been a staple ever since. Uh, Mind you, this year with everything the Cardinals went through with, you know, not having having to not play for two and a half weeks and having to play endless double headers and having to play two less games than everyone else. Yadier Molina led the league in innings caught.
0: Yeah, that was at the age of
1: 37. Yes, that that guy has such a passion for catching that is unmatched. Mm -hmm. Like I know that that's immeasurable and I know that, you know, the Cardinals fans love their uh, their intangibles with Yadier Molina and rightfully so.
0: Like I will not deny that because he is, he is a competitor on the field and behind the plate, and a, a master of defense behind the plate for yes. sure.
1: Uh, nine gold gloves, and four platinum gloves.
0: Four platinum gloves. That's a joke. Yeah, and it, like even the the defensive metrics on him are good as well. I think he has like almost thirty defensive wins above replacement. Yeah. Twenty-five point four defensive wins above replacement. Almost more defensive wins above replacement than offensive wins above replacement.
1: Yeah, it's only separated by one and a half. just yeah. About um, Yachty. if this is it for you, I know that that decision may come later, but good for you.
0: And uh, excellent career. And he ended up with, oh, whoops, ended up with, uh, postseason batting. Ended up with a hundred one career postseason yeah. hits, which is I think fifth all time. Yeah,
1: they he passed uh Bernie Bernie Williams. Yeah, I mean
0: I know it is skewed because they used to only have the World Series. Yeah. Um, but still, you know, one of the one of the more one when a guy in the playoffs that is seen that has been seen a lot in recent memory, uh a two eighty career uh batting average in the playoffs. That's right. He's been there a lot and uh you know a fun guy, fun guy to watch. And, you know, I
1: wish him the best in his potential retirement. If that is the case.
0: Yeah. Very Um, much so.
1: Cardinals as a whole. um, I mean, credit to them for getting to the postseason with the roster that they had and everything they had to go through. Um, Dylan Carlson looks intriguing. I know he needs to develop a little more because he didn't hit too well in the regular season. 616 OPS, but he's only 21 years old, and I really hope he continues to develop. Um, Alex Reyes, I saw a lot of development from him this year. He's obviously gone through a lot. He had Tommy John at a young age, and he came up and had a 320 ERA in 19 two-thirds innings pitched, uh, which is, I'm really hopeful for him. Uh, I hope he, he found a new role as the closer this year. Initially, he was supposed to be a starter, but... You know, he may have to go through a different route, and that's okay. And I really hope that he can continue his success going forward.
0: Yeah, Cardinals, um, interesting team. They have a lot of young talent, but they also have a lot of old talent. With they do. Wainwright and Molina. Actually, Wainwright
1: might be a free agent, too. Yeah, yeah. he is. Uh, he could, I mean, I don't know. I think he has a less lesser chance of retiring right now than Yachty. Um, yeah but we'll see we'll we'll figure that one out as time goes and he'll get his segment if so
0: yeah so cardinals cardinals also in in a weird spot they had they were hovering around 500 the whole year this year they won 90 games uh last year um and there's probably going to be a little turnover so we'll see we'll see what happens with the cardinals we will uh over over the next few years but the Padres Padres look to be doing well um, this year and probably in the future um, as well and they're going to be facing the Dodgers but first in our previews we'll be talking about probably the least and anti- maybe the least anticipated I, would,
1: I don't know man I don't yeah. think there is a. I mean just these teams fought this year
0: that is true actually because of not you know just on paper, not the most anticipated uh, playoff series, but when you add in the fact that they fought and they have been um, division rivals and the A's feel like some division titles were taken away from them because of what might have been happening. In what 20- was that?
1: The commissioner's report said it was happening.
0: In 2018?
1: Well, I mean, okay, T- fair 2017, enough. 2017, the fair A's, the they were, A's not very were not good. Wronged. Yeah, you're right, you're right.
0: Yeah. Um, what might've been happening in 2018 and 2019. And uh, the A's are coming in. They've, they won the season series this year. They went seven and three against the Astros. And of course they fought, they, fo- they fought and there's animosity between the teams. Astros probably want to um, prove a point to them, I guess, maybe big brother them a little bit um, despite losing the division this year. Uh what are your thoughts on the series?
1: Uh well the A's won the season series seven to three and they have home field and they obviously feel like you know they have this grudge uh and they have the momentum of winning the last two in that series after being down. So I really do I really do like their chances. Um and obviously you have the Loreano fight that happened this year, you have the animosity between them, like you mentioned. Um, so I listed out one guy on each team offensively to look for based on their numbers against the team they're playing throughout the season, uh, because conveniently we have all in-division matchups for this, for this, uh, league division series. So on the A's, my guy to look for is Ramon Laureano, A, because of the fight and B, because against the Astros this season, he slashed 314, 405, 543 for a 948 OPS and 161 weighted runs created plus. So watch out for Loriano. Also, Robbie Grossman had very good numbers as well. Uh, and my guy on the Astros to look for is George Springer. Uh, against the A's this season, he hit 296, .321, .556 for an 877 OPS. Uh, so he was very good as well.
0: Yeah, the uh, some good matchups heading in there. Yeah, A's Astros. Um, I mean, uh, interesting, interesting because they're. From both sides, sort of a lack of starting pitching. Mm
1: -hmm. Also, this series is in L.A., so uh, the Dodger fans get another chance to see the
0: Astros. (laughs) Yeah, which is hilarious to think about, Mm -hmm. and hilarious to think about the Astros potentially clinching a series in Dodger Stadium (laughs) once again.
1: Even if it's not against the Dodgers, it's still. Also, no travel days have me interested here because I think a pitching depth is going to be huge, and the A's definitely have the advantage there.
0: Yeah, in terms of yeah depth, I think we I think we put
1: too much emphasis on starting pitching and not 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 enough on just depth in general.
0: Yeah, depth because obviously you're gonna
1: have guys because obviously you know these guys are gonna have no rest. It's five straight days of baseball.
0: Yeah, so should should you do we have anything else to say before we throw our uh, predictions in?
1: Uh, I got nothing else.
0: Yeah, so I'm trying to think. Mm-hmm. I think the I mean the A's should definitely take this series. I have the A's and four. A's and four. A's and four definitely sounds good. Um yeah, the A's should absolutely win this series. They should get their, I guess, revenge on the Astros. The Astros against the Twins, I don't know how much stock I should take in that. Um, their offense still wasn't crazy impressive and, and I don't know what to expect from their pitching in a five game series. So yeah, A's and four sounds good. I'm going to also go with A's and four. All right. Um, So now we move on to the Tampa Bay Rays and the New York Yankees. We kind of, we kind of went into this a little bit at the beginning of the show, um, but a very interesting series as well. The Rays won the season series eight to two. Uh, Mm -hmm. This was largely talked about during the season Um, It was a detriment against the Yankees in terms of talking about how good they were. And they also have a kind of a, a brawl of their own that, that not necessarily a
1: brawl, but some beef.
0: Yeah. Some, you know, guys throwing it at people uh, going on for, with those teams.
1: Yeah. So back in, Uh, Early September, you had the series at Yankee Stadium where um, Araldus Chapman threw a ball at Mike Brasso's head. Probably not intentional, but obviously he took it personally. And they were visibly upset. And Kevin Cash and and Aaron Boone had some words to say afterwards, which I think led to both of them getting suspended. Um, And the next night, Brasso homered, I think, twice. And if you go back and watch those two home runs, the Rays were screaming out of the dugout. I mean, they were going wild. So, you know, they, and Kevin Kiermeyer has outright said in his, pri- in his press conference, you know, they don't like us and we don't like them. So it's going to be a fun series. Uh, this series is going to be aggressive on both sides. It's going to be, there's just going to be a lot of just energy from both sides. And I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's a very good series. You know, they were drawing at each other. And like we said, the team that wins this series is probably going to the world series i would buy it it's i would say there's a there's like an 80 85 percent chance of that happening yes that the winner of this series goes to the world series um i don't see the series after this being that competitive unless i see something different from one of the other teams or one of these teams um and uh yeah i guess to talk about mike brasso um Go over his stats against the Yankees this year. He had he had 16 plate appearances against the Yankees this Which year. Which is I
1: know a small sample size, but yeah. like I
0: couldn't leave this out. He hit 429 with a 1652 <sighs> OPS and a and 314 weighted runs created plus, uh, being uh, triple the average hitter yes. <laughs> in that in those 16 plate appearances. Uh, very good, very good numbers from Mike Brasso. And Luke Voigt from the Yankees side against the Rays. Um, unlike a lot of batters against the Rays pitching staff did very well. Uh, Luke Voigt, he hit 333 with an 1102 OPS against the Rays. Pretty surprising to to see uh, if I'm being honest. And 196 weighted runs created plus against the Rays. So, you know, one of the, their biggest offensive producers also produced against the Rays, which is very important and something, something that to take note for sure. That's right. Um, this series could really go either way.
1: I mean, the Yankees offense versus the Rays pitching depth, I think is going to be the big question. Uh, if you're the Rays, you need to you need to be able to hit with the runners in scoring position. That's going to be the key to them winning. Absolutely. Like, runners in scoring position is going to be – like, that's going to be the number one thing I look at, you know, if at the end of this series, depending on who comes out on top. Because I think if the Rays – that's what I – that's – I mean, from the Rays' side, that's definitely the biggest X factor because – um, they're not necessarily a home run hitting team, especially with, you know, guys like Austin Meadows, guys like G-Mon Choi that are probably not going to be in that lineup. Um, for most of it, you have guys like Randy Arena, guys like Brandon Lau, who does hit home runs, but I see him spraying the ball into the gaps more than I see him hitting home runs. Uh, and that's, that's, I think is going to be the key, um, especially against Garrett Cole, because most of the runs that scored off him this season, especially against the Rays were on the home run ball. Uh, so, I mean, if they can knock Cole around, I mean, obviously if you knock Cole around, no matter who you are, that's, that's a really good look, uh, because that guy, you know, is going to bring it, especially in the playoffs. Um, but as for my prediction, I'm nervous. Cause this really could go anyway. Like if the Yankees win three, I wouldn't be surprised. And if the Rays win in three, I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go Rays in five. And the reason I'm going Rays in five is because I envision Them splitting the first two games, splitting the second two games, and then the Rays going all hands on deck in game five. And the Rays going all hands on deck is a scary idea.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting matchup. Uh, The Yankees, they have three starters that they can kind of rely on, I guess. They got Cole, uh, Tanaka, and Hap. Unfortunately for them, especially for them, uh, no days off in in this series. Um, So you don't really know if you can – throw. I was going to say, you know,
1: Chapman always has problems with going, you know, the Yankees always try to avoid using Chapman twice in a row. That's not going to be a thing. Like he's going to have to do it.
0: Yeah. They have very good bullpen pieces, but they don't have the exact same depth that the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Rays do. The Rays
1: just feel like they're built for a series like this, where you don't have any rest and you got to just have as many guys ready to go as possible.
0: Yeah. I'm going to just, I would say, I think my, my thoughts lean towards Rays in five, but I think just so. just so we don't have the same one. Okay. And I guess I could, it's a little aggressive to say, but I have the Rays winning in four. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for them to do this, but um, I think them not playing in Yankee Stadium going to be a factor. And uh, just being able to silently uh, win, win these games, uh, Charlie Morton, I guess is going to be featured in the series yeah uh he should do he should do somewhat well i'm not sure how he did against the yankees this year he only pitched four innings yeah only pitched four innings so we'll see the yankees offense of course looked good um and they're at full health so that might be an issue but i guess i'm going raising four okay wow that is aggressive yeah so on to the next series we've got the Braves and the Marlins, the battle of the NL East, uh, Braves won the season series six to four. Um, so not lopsided either way. Uh, one lopsided game particularly was when they won by 20, they won 29 to nine. Yeah. We talked, we, we talked about this. We had an entire
1: segment on that game. We
0: had like a 10 minute segment on just that game in, in one of our previous episodes. Uh, that was that, that was a crazy game, but Marlins still won four out of ten uh, yeah. against the Braves.
1: This and series is going to be in Houston, by the way.
0: Yes, series will be in Houston. Uh, what, what are we thinking about this series?
1: Well, as for my guys to watch, uh, Dansby Swanson absolutely destroyed the Marlins this season: four twenty-nine, five thirty-five, six eighty-six for a twelve twenty-one OPS, two hundred twenty-six weighted runs created plus. Uh, Dansby's has been a guy that's always been a breakout candidate and you'll have flashes of it here and there but this series i think is where he could really shine uh the braves have the momentum from winning a a postseason series for the first time since i was a year old um so that's exciting literally the braves playoff winless streak was longer than the marlins playoff streak uh playoff list streak yeah 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 yep that's (laughs) crazy to think think about um for the Marlins, I'm looking at Jesus Aguilar against the Braves this season. 375, 422, 575 for a 997 OPS, 170 weighted runs created plus.
0: Yeah. Uh, Braves, Braves, Marlins, definitely an interesting match. The Marlins kind of surprised us uh, at the beginning. And their pitching staff is kind of good. Their starting pitching staff is kind of good. Uh, their bullpen not sure about their bullpen
1: mm-hmm.
0: but their offense seems to work as a unit somewhat well uh good enough to to beat the cubs and to also make the playoffs and the braves you you know everyone everyone knows where the Braves' strengths are it's an offense it's an it's an offense and it's at the top and it's very in, very top of their rotation and it's in
1: uh the upstate new york legend himself ian anderson
0: yeah max Fried and ian anderson Uh, lead the way in the rotation. The rotation depth does concern me. I think if the Marlins
1: can steal one of these two games, we really have an interesting series on our hands. Yeah,
0: the Marlins could definitely win.
1: Especially with no days off.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, They might have to throw Freed on three days rest if it does go five. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, the the whole – the no days off thing is going to throw a real – Wrench wrench, in everyone. Wrench into everyone's plans – um more than they normally nor, more than uh it normally would and yeah
1: which is why i'm excited yeah um I, yeah i mean the braves like kyle wright was supposed to go game three against the reds which already isn't that great but then you got to look at a game four starter so what are you gonna do like tommy malone
0: yeah i i don't it's if that i'm
1: telling you man if the if the marlins win one of these first two games they could very well win the series in four they could yeah that like that is an absolute thing that can happen.
0: Yeah. And I, I, I'm not very familiar with the Marlins roster that much, so I don't really know where their their weak points are. They just seem to be kind of average all they, around. It this is. It, it really is. <laughs> Honestly, it this is. It might be good enough. I don't know. It's, it's a weird series to predict for sure. But we got to do it. Yeah, we have to do it. You want to go first? Yeah, I should go first because um, – yeah, you've gone first each of the first two times. I mean it's it would be very hard to go against the Braves. I mean they have a very, very talented roster. I'm I'm just pondering it in my head. I'm thinking out loud here. Okay. Dude, take your time. Uh I mean they what got, what is the Marlins? They got the, Brian what, Anderson,
1: they got Jesus Aguilar. What's the Marlins got, starting? Is Starlin Kishin Marte, Marte gonna be coming back? Because he got hurt in the Cubs series, which is concerning. They got Monte Harrison. They got Lewis Brinson. They got Miguel Rojas. <laughs> they got Corey Dickerson. They I got Magniarius Sierra. I mean, they beat the Cubs. They got John Burdies. They got, <laughs> they got, interesting assets. Uh, they used so many pitchers this year, by the way. It is ridiculous. Um, you got Pablo Lopez in Game Three. And then Daniel Castano in game four. Who
0: I'm going to say the Braves win in five. Okay. It's going to go five games. Uh, and they're going to they're gonna be the first team to beat the Marlins in the playoffs. The Braves are going to win right. five. That's my prediction.
1: For my prediction, I'm going to do it, Chris.
0: You're taking the Marlins.
1: I'm going to take the Marlins in five. <laughs> I really think if they – I'm I'm sticking with my guns on that statement. If they can win one of those first two games, they are winning this series. Yeah. I, the Braves' rotation depth and even their bullpen to some extent, I don't know how much I like it. And the Red, I mean, they should have lost game one to the Reds. They absolutely should have. Yeah. One for 13 with runners in scoring position can't happen. Uh, and I, I really like Alcantara and – Sixto Sanchez, even if he did struggle throughout the second half of the um, of of his little short season, I still think he's got a knack for the playoffs. The series is going to be in Houston, uh, which is going to cater to offense, so that does definitely favor the Braves, but the Marlins are a team that just finds a way. They do what they're not supposed to do, and they've never lost in the playoffs when they should have been out both times relatively early, and they're just going to fight their way again, and I think they win the series in five and shock the world.
0: That's... It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun series for sure. Uh, just interesting. The Marlins, the the Marlins just being in an NLDS series, it's just so it's so funny.
1: Yeah, it could be an NLCS.
0: So now on to the main event, I would say mm. the Dodgers and Padres. This is the matchup that everybody wanted. Yes, this is pretty much since since August. I would say this is a, a yeah. series that we've kind of wanted ever since And Sl- like
1: early August, not like August 31st when they got Clev August.
0: Yeah, like Slam Diego started. It's like
1: uh this speaking of Slam Diego, this is going to be in Texas where yeah. Slam Diego originated.
0: I mean, that, that might play a factor. But yeah. it's also
1: Clayton Crushaw's hometown.
0: Yes. So the Dodgers won the season series six to four. And uh apparently there's some beef between Clean Kershaw and Trent Grisham.
1: Yeah, so uh, back in September, uh, Grisham hit a bomb off Kershaw. It was a no doubter, and he started. He flipped his bat. He gave. He when he was rounding first, he turned to Kershaw and gave him a smirk. And Then he gave the same smirk to the Dodgers dugout. Uh, and I mean, he was he was really, you know. I mean, the Padres are a team that do not care about how people feel about them. They're there to have fun. They don't care uh and that was the beef between Grisham and Kershaw and Dave Roberts came out after the game and said you know I don't think it's okay for you to bat flip off an established pitcher like Clayton Kershaw <laughs> uh and you know what the Padres don't care they really do not care who they homer offer they're going to have fun they're going to laugh in your face no matter who you are and that is the team that we're dealing with here
0: yeah it's uh it's a it's a truly a battle of of old versus new, at least in terms of legacy, because the, the Dodgers do have like some young guys, but it's truly a kind of a maybe a David versus Goliath. Although the Padres aren't seen as like a weak team, they're just young, they're new and upcoming. Yeah, imagine a, a
1: marlos Padres NLCS. It's well, it's
0: <laughs> it's insane to
1: think about. That could happen. Um, as for my guys to watch. My guy on the Dodgers is Mookie Betts. Against the Padres this season, he absolutely destroyed them. He slugged 429, 467, 786 for a 1252 OPS, 236 weighted runs created plus. And for the Padres, I'm looking at Will Myers. He hit two home runs in game two on, on Thursday. And against the Dodgers, he slashed 364, 417, 727 for an 1144 OPS and 203 weighted runs graded plus
0: yeah it's gonna be gonna be hell of a series um I guess anything anything more to say before the predictions this is this is going to be a fun series it's going yeah for sure gonna be fun
1: I hope it goes five um the Dodgers I mean they obviously have that you know they have the pitching you know you have Bueller who tentatively might go four or five innings Mm -hmm. which worries me uh but Padres I'm not Huge on their starting pitching depth, either, but they might have Clevenger coming back. That is a rumor at this point. It could happen. It's not guaranteed. Even if it does, it probably won't happen until like game three. Uh, but honestly, I think the Padres might be more deep, especially with their performance in game yeah. three. They used nine pitchers to shut out the Cardinals using an opener. Uh, and credit to them because they've always had a very good bullpen, even last year when they were in last place.
0: Yeah. What I will say is if, and I'm not saying they will win, but if the Padres end up winning, I think it will be a point. Of Jace Tingler outmanaging yes. Dave Roberts. Well, we all know that. Yeah. We all know that. We we predict we kind of predicted this. I think <sighs> Jace Tingler, um Jace Tingler like showed, you know, the managing skills are are shown in the playoffs. Jace Tingler so far is acing the the, the playoff test. Yes. Uh Dave Roberts, historically not uh acing the playoff test. This is this is probably the hardest one for me to predict. Yeah. Um <sighs> it's it's weird. You know, the manager it it plays a factor for sure. Um I want to go Padres, but I'm the dodgers it's hard to ignore the Dodgers, man. Go I'm, ahead. I'm just sticking with my pre-regular season take. I'm I'm saying the Dodgers are going to the World Series and I think the Dodgers are going to win in five. And it's going to be weird to see Dave Roberts win a game five of the NLDS um, because game five of the NLDS in 2016 was Mattingly still around or yes. No, no. Roberts took over in 16. Okay. So, you know, he's done it before. Yeah. So I guess, I guess the Dodgers are going to go to five with the Padres and I'm taking the Dodgers in five. Uh, It'll be another five game series in the uh, national league. What do you I, – I see you're, you're pondering for sure because you
1: – I did. I everyone, also had – I had to raise Dodgers at the beginning of the season. Everyone kind
0: of wants the Padres. Everyone wants like
1: – there is – I mean, if, if you're a baseball fan, we're obviously, you know, unbiased journalists, so we don't have rooting interests at all. No but way. But if you're a baseball fan, no matter who you are, unless maybe you're a Rangers fan and you're triggered, you should be rooting for the Padres. Because even if you're an in-division rival of the Padres, you probably hate the Dodgers more. Yeah probably hit the Dodgers more. There was no reason to root for the Dodgers unless you were a Dodgers fan or a Boomer Rangers fan. Yeah, um, I would agree. I'm gonna agree with you and say Dodgers in five. Yeah, I'm. Uh, but I really, I really would love to see a Marlins Padres NLCS. I think too. that would be phenomenal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This uh, another another matchup where it's not as much of a, a guarantee. But the winner, eh, actually I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. Mm-hmm. I was I was gonna say that the winner the winner plays, goes to the World Series. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, that. say I wouldn't say it's you got they, much they of a, may have to face the Marlins. Yeah. Like, if the Marlins beat the Braves, they can beat anybody. And I'm thinking like Padres versus Braves, it's kind of a pick'em. Right. And like even Dodgers Braves. I
1: know the one thing that I think we learned a lot of throughout the the first round of the playoffs is that Records could be very deceiving when you only play one third of the league. In, yeah. Because, um, I mean, the Central going 0-7 yeah, obviously we, we speaks have, is something that we did not know before. We have to talk about the Central.
0: They went 0-7. Yeah. And um, I think it it's important for, like, awards, and I think that they've already voted on awards. Yeah. But it's because the AL Cy Young will definitely be coming out of the Central. Uh, and you know Shane Bieber st- uh, statistically definitely deserves that AL Cy Young. Yeah. The AL MVP will probably be coming out of the Central, whether it be from the Indians or the White Sox. Mm-hmm. And uh, the NL Cy Young is probably probably, probably be... going to come out of the Central. It's,
1: yeah, it's between like what Bauer and Darvish.
0: Yeah, Bauer. Else in
1: there, maybe Degrom.
0: Maybe Degrom, but I think Bauer probably wins it, um, just because of you know ERA in that and you know it it makes you think about this year and the validity of the awards because you only faced one third of the league and that
1: obviously showed in the playoffs
0: yeah um you know like
1: if you you know the indians you know the, the twins may have been like an 86 win team you in know a, in a 162 game, game, yeah. game and still won that division
0: yeah who knows i mean it's weird i, I don't know how to feel I don't know how to feel about the uh, Central. When's the last I know the Cubs won in 16. But when's the last time an AL Central team won the Royals a series. Oh yeah, the Royals did. Yeah. It. Royals did it in 2015. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's that ruins the fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was it before that though? Um AL Central, the White Sox in 05. White Sox in 05. So yeah. it had been a while. Yeah. The Royals.
1: They've won the AL Central has won two World Series titles since the turn of the century.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know, just historically not great. The Twins are cursed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: I yeah, don't know I what, don't know don't what, know what I, their deal is. I don't know what
0: to say about that that Central bubble, but but I
1: mean, anyway, like they did not have it. I time. guess the only team that is not coming off a Central opponent is the Rays. Maybe that maybe that speaks to them being a, a better team, quote unquote. Yeah. but they did face an 8 seed so i guess correct so i mean i think
0: everyone's kind of on the, the there same could low. very
1: well be teams that just play completely differently in this round because they're not facing a central team
0: yeah very possibly
1: and not only not only did they go 0 and 7 but they only won two games combined
0: um yeah true uh, most of them got uh got swept mm-hmm. so their records were 2 and 14 mm-hmm the the central's record was two and fourteen in the postseason. Wild. Wild to consider. Yeah. And uh I guess I guess speaking of the NL Central, unfortunate news, but um Bob Gibson, absolute, absolute legend for sure. Mm-hmm. Not just a Hall of Famer, but he's particularly legendary because of you know his accolades. His 1968 season first of all, and then his postseason performances, Two World Series MVPs. Um, I mean, that is he is legend status. He's not just, uh, he's not just a Hall of famer that had uh, you know sustained success for a while. This guy had one of the greatest pitching seasons of all time and some of the greatest postseason performances of all time. Um, yeah, one of the greats, and he died at the age of 84. 84. Um, after a
1: uh, battle three, with cancer,
0: three Hall of Famers, uh, to pass away in the past month,
1: four in this year, four first ballot Hall of Famers in the last year because Al k-line as well,
0: correct? Yes, yeah, uh, in the last like seven months, seven months or so. Because I remember we had April, March, yeah, we had that was the that very
1: first uh, history, history show that we
0: did, show yeah. That we
1: did yeah, um. If there's one thing you need to know about Bob Gibson, it's that they literally lower the mound because of him. Exactly. They, they they were like, This guy is too good. We need to make it more fair for everyone else.
0: He was the face of the lowering of the mounds. Yes. He was the face of the year of the pitcher, nineteen sixty-eight. That's right. One one two ERA. One 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 seven seven. Thirty 10. thirty-four starts, twenty-eight complete games, thirteen shutouts. <laughs> it was crazy Nine, and
1: then i mean that doesn't L- even get it as world lowest, series.
0: i think lowest era in a qualified season in the live ball era has to be must be uh
1: and that's in 304 innings pitched yeah 268 strikeouts and that doesn't even get into his world series numbers nine starts 81 innings pitched eight complete games one of which he went 10 innings a 189 era a seven and two record
0: 10.2 strikeouts per nine in the with one point, 60s
1: with 1.9 walks per nine
0: that's in the 60s yeah that's before strikeouts were even allowed yeah he was breaking the rules yeah if you got more than a strikeout per inning yeah they that's why sandy koufax retired so early he it, it wasn't because of his arm he was just banned from baseball
1: um yeah, yeah. Uh, i forget who had the stats so i feel bad studying it but um I saw it on Twitter. Uh, in 1968, Bob Gibson lowered the uh, league ERA from 309 to 299, 303
0: to 299 on his own. Yeah, uh, wild to think about when there were like probably 10,000 innings that were pitched in a single season. I, I don't know. Oh, uh, one, I guess. How about that? I'm not gonna have the button ready because it doesn't seem right. Yeah. <laughs> to do that. But um, he's the only pitcher to have – to register 3,000-plus innings pitched, seven-plus strikeouts per nine, and an ERA below three. Um, so that's where he stands. 89.2 career baseball reference war. And he did that in 17 years. It's not like he had a, a, a career of, you know, more than 20 years. Uh, 291 career ERA, 127 career ERA plus uh two eight nine career fit he was a uh, he was he was unreal and um i guess it stinks to to see another hall of famer go like that yeah um but you know we tip our hats to bob gibson we do and you know when a guy and he was such a competitor too i guess when a guy dies like this there is a silver lining because everyone gets to appreciate him for one last time Mm-hmm. and realize you know what he meant to the game of baseball which and as was, a person too yeah which yeah as a person too and you know he meant a lot uh, to the game of baseball for sure
1: yeah i mean he changed the game all by himself he won he was a two-time world series champion a two-time world series mvp a regular season mvp a two-time cy young award winner a nine-time all-star a nine-time gold glove winner and of course an era title in 1968
0: Yeah. And uh, yeah, 250 career wins. Yeah. 250 career wins um, in just 17 years, a 591 career uh, win loss percentage, 591 winning percentage uh, of, out of his decisions. Um, 3000 strikeouts in a time where strikeouts were not uh, very big. No. And yeah, Bob Gibson, Uh, shout out shout out to Bob Gibson unbelievable pitcher and uh, I guess that's where the episode comes to a halt we hope you enjoyed uh, the uh, the wild card
1: series recap
0: wild card series recap and the LDS preview preview (laughs) if you want to follow us on social media Follow me at Chris underscore Dianta on Twitter. Follow Daniel uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curran. And also follow the show Instagram at Stbnl podcast where we recently posted about, uh, we've done, we've been doing this for over a year now. Wow. Pretty crazy. Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> not, <laughs> not me. <laughs> One year of the show to be named later. I still don't know if we, if, we ever went over the air in that first episode? I don't either. I don't really know. Who yeah, knows? The,
1: the best is the show where we where you actually played music for the first ten minutes.
0: Yeah, I I had no idea what to do with the controls. We still don't. We yeah, we still don't, and I don't know if we'll ever get back in that radio stations. They say they're planning to, but and even then, like I, I like
1: being a podcast. I like not having time constraints. We would have we would have definitely gone over it today.
0: Yeah, this was about an hour and a half uh today. So yeah. Look! Look how far we've come how about it. in 61 episodes and over a year of baseball broadcasting. So we hope you enjoyed our wild card recap and LDS preview, and we hope to see you for our LDS recap and our LCS preview. So see you then.